You are listening to the Good Shepherd Church Owensboro podcast. For more information, visit goodshepherdchurch.cc. Praise the Lord. You're going to have a worship service outside today. Just we're trying to give you a, a you know a real feeling like what it was to be like with Jesus outside at the mountain. Anyway, it's like Lowe's in here. Praise God. Wonderful. On a good old Easter Sunday. We might as well talk about the bird, right, that's in here, obviously. We might as well just act like it's not here, right? So it's somewhere around here. Um, where's my, where's Kobe at? I got a couple guys that are good at catching birds around here. So praise Jesus. If you can, keep all your uh, attention on me for about two hours. Amen. See, some of you, you know, you might not have been to church in a long time. So I got to preach a long time. You know, we got to catch things up. You know, it's going to be a while. Some of you are just have the most stale face right now, and it's beautiful. Some people are just like, this pastor is not funny at all. I'm ready to get out of here. So anyways, can we pray? Y'all believe in that? Amen. Let's pray. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Father. Jesus, I thank you that you're real, that this is not a fairy tale. I thank you this is just not some emotional stuff this morning. But Lord, that your presence is real, that you are mighty to save. And Father, I just pray that you would speak through me this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit, God. I pray that you would open hearts this morning, that you give people ears to hear and eyes to see. That Lord, today would be a day of breakthrough and a day of transformation in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen? Amen and amen. Oh Lord. All right, this will be, this will be, oh, see, they can't teach you this at seminary, guys. They can't teach you how to, how to preach messages with live animals in the room, right? So, anyways, today is Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. Here's a, some advice for us. What if, how many of you know that Jesus is just as much rose from the grave last Sunday as he was this Sunday? Isn't that amazing? And he will be just as much risen from the grave next Sunday. Right? But there's something special about Easter when we come with expectation. Right? And we come to celebrate the, the bedrock of our faith. Actually, it says in Romans 10 that you have to believe that Jesus was bodily and physically raised from the dead to be saved. It says if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, but in believing your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You have to believe this. It's not, it's not up for negotiation, right? Now, the beautiful thing about believing that is, is that once you truly believe it and you give your heart to him completely, God will transform you from the inside out. Can somebody say amen? He will transform us like he's transformed many of you. Is there anybody here that God has transformed from the inside out? Can testify this morning that you're a new creation, that the old has passed away and all things are new. Um, there's so many... Visitors in this place, if you're new here today, we love you. If you don't have a home church, you're welcome at this church anytime. If you do have a church, um, go back to your church after this. Amen? Yeah, real quiet in here. Like, what? I thought we needed more people. No. No, no, no. If you have a church, bless your pastor. Amen? Awesome. So, and a lot of our people that could be watching online this morning that are visiting their families' churches, we love you, bless you, uh, we miss you as well. Amen? Amen and amen. So this past week, um, I'm really not going to try to preach y'all long. Y'all know how good I am at that. I say that all the time. You know what it means. So um, I was praying in my office this past week because that's what pastors do, right? They pray in their office all week. You know, pastors, they don't do anything but preach just once a week. Such an easy job, right? That was a joke. 
I mean, do all kinds of stuff, right? Oh, look, praise the Lord. All right. So, anyways, <laughs> Jesus helped me this morning. Yeah, Holy Ghost. So, I was praying. Isn't it awesome that God knew there was going to be a stupid bird in the sanctuary? And he still gave me a word, and he still said that he was going to do things this morning. Praise the Lord. So, anyways, I want to be obedient this morning. I was thinking, I was like, man... You know, it's just so much like pressure. I guess I'll preach a message about the resurrection, right? I'll take a little, I'll take a little uh, snippet of scripture about the resurrection, and I'll just teach on it, and we'll just bring it home, and we'll celebrate the things. And I said, Lord, um, here at Good Shepherd, we've been going through our core values. Somebody say core value. And our core value of the supernatural, right? The supernatural. That's something that we have a core value in this house, the supernatural. Let me go ahead and tell you that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most significant supernatural miracle that there ever was, ever was and ever has been. It's something, it's a bedrock of our faith. So we value the supernatural and you believe in the supernatural if you believe Jesus was raised from the dead. You believe that. Say, I believe it. I believe he was raised. And the Lord started to speak to me and I said, God, I said, what do you really want to minister about this week, this Sunday at Good Shepherd? And he said, Mike, I, 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 yes, we celebrate the resurrection. And absolutely, I resurrected Jesus from the dead 2,020-something years ago. He said, but there are still some things that I want to resurrect in my church today. Did you hear me? There are still some things that I want to resurrect in my church today. All right? And I was like, Lord, what does it mean? So I looked up the definition to resurrect, and it means to revive the practice, the use or memory of something, to bring new life to something. To revive the practice of something. Amen? Like, here's a good one. Revive the practice of attending church regularly. <laughs> That's quiet in this church. Woo! You know, the Bible says, basically, the, the gospel, I said this a couple weeks ago, the gospel is, our message is offensive. How many of you know that? To tell people that there's only one way to heaven is through Jesus Christ, through believing the Bible. That's kind of offensive. But if we would watch the manner that we teach the message, we would get more people to respond. So the definition of resurrect is to revive the practice of, the use or memory of something to bring new life to it. And I said, Lord, what do you want to bring new life to? What do you want to resurrect in your church and your people? And he said, I want to resurrect faith in my people. So today we have gathered around something that we have to have faith to believe in. Is that right? How many of you were at the resurrection? No, none of you. If you were, that's weird. And you think you were. Anyways, but how many of you were physically there at the resurrection? So how many of you know everyone in this room, we have faith to believe that Jesus rose from the grave, that we believe that the Bible is true, and we believe that he's seated in heavenly places. This is stuff that we have faith to believe. And I believe that God is saying he wants to resurrect faith in his people, that we would be uh, the people of faith. How many of you know the church is supposed to be the ones who have faith when no one else does? That when everything else, in 2020, the church... My goodness. In 2020, the church was able to look at their, their real faith and see what they truly believed. It's quiet in here. And what happened was, God said, I want to resurrect faith in my people. How many of you know that God said to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all the things I commanded you, unless there's a virus? Uh-oh. He said, I want to resurrect faith in my people that he is my protector, he is my strong tower, he is the one that I run to in times of trouble. And for 2020, we've seen so many believers not run to the Father and to the Word and ran to every other option and ran to every other news source or their favorite presidential candidate. 
And how many of us, we have to run to the Father and He gives us our direction and He gives us our discipline and He gives us our vision. And He said, I want to resurrect faith in my people. That when everything's hitting the fan, in the middle of quarantine, everyone's like, oh, we're going to die. That the church should be the one that raises up and says, it's all going to be alright. It is finished. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Even if I did get the virus and die, guess what? I have hope that lasts for eternity. I have faith. We have to have faith. And we got so in 2020, we got so worried. Oh, I lost my job. I lost my job. I don't know what I'm doing for work. I'm getting unemployment. God's people are the people of faith. That when storms come and when the waters come and the fire comes, we do not waver. We do not waver. We stand and we say, you know what? I don't know how God's going to work this out, but my God is a miracle-working God. And He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He needs to resurrect faith back in His people. That the church would be a church of faith and not just ones who believe in heaven and hell. Who just believe that if you believe in Him, boy, you're going to get to heaven one day. And if you don't, don't clean up your ways, boy, you're going to hell. And as soon as your car breaks down, oh God, where are you? Oh, I lost my job. What are you doing, God? He wants to resurrect faith in his people. He wants to give us and say, listen, say, I believe. I believe in Jesus. And I don't just believe that he died for me. I believe that he's for me. That if God is for me, then who could be against me? Some of you are facing so much even trials and stuff and mess in your life right now. And you need to believe that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Sometimes it might feel like greater is he who is in me than he who is in my wife. Can somebody say amen? Or he who is in my kids. But that's not the way it is. How many of you know we have one enemy and it's not your spouse? It definitely ain't your pastor and it ain't the kids. And it ain't your boss either. We have one enemy and he's the thief. He comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to destroy. And guess what he wants to destroy? You know what he wants to steal? He wants to kill. He wants to steal your faith. Because listen, you nothing, there's nothing more powerless than a faithless church. There's nothing, listen, if we don't have faith that God is really who he says he is and he's really going to come through for us, then what do we really have to offer people? A church service? An attendance? How many of you have ever been in a place where you had to realize if you had faith or not? There's a song called, have you ever heard that song, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. I believe in you, I believe in you. The people who wrote that song, their child was dying. And they were praying, and they were believing for God to come through. They were believing for God, because He is the God of miracles. Can somebody say amen? He does heal the sick, He does raise the dead, He does cleanse the lepers. But they were believing for it to happen, and guess what? It didn't happen. And they lost their child. And they wrote that song out of a place when they were confronted to believe or not. And as they seen their child pass away, they still wrote down the lyrics to that song and said, God, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. That's what it means to have faith. That God, I know you're still who you said you were. And even though you told me that not everything's going to go right, actually, God, you promised me that in this life I will have trouble. But take heart, he's overcome the world. When we come to drastic situations and we come through heartaches, the church should be the one that stands up and says, no, 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 we have faith. God is for us. Who could be against us? If God is for me, I love calling my mom whenever I'm struggling or thinking just something insecure or whatever, and she just speaks faith into me. She says, oh, Michael, don't think like that. 
Faye Allen, I tell her this morning some insecurities I had this morning, and she just speaks faith into me. And she says, no, 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 Michael, you're called. God has ordained you. There's a ring of fire around your life. Remember what the Lord has said. And I have to say, yes, I'm a person of faith. I struggle with it like anybody else. When you see, and I felt the Lord wanted me to bring this part up to us this morning. We have to keep our faith, church. You're not going to reach your lost friends if you don't keep your faith when your life comes tumbling down. What are they? There's nothing to offer, you know? You're going to be just as broken as they are when they lose their job. Then what do you have to give, you know? But we have this thing to give. We have this, this, this thing that's concrete, that's foundational. It says, listen, even if I die today, the only thing, I love what some of our missionaries said they were threatened to kill them. They said, all they can do is threaten us with heaven. Did you hear me? The only thing that you threaten us with is heaven. And don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there isn't wisdom. I'm saying that we have to have faith and believe God's word no matter what anyone else says. No matter what anyone says. And I felt the Lord say, here we go. Man, this past year, I'm just going to tell you, I was on the border of go buy 69 million pounds of rice or don't do that. <laughs> Let's be honest with you. Go buy about 16 more guns or don't. How many of you know that your money is the Lord's money? You should probably ask him before you make big purchases like that. And I remember, you can ask my wife, we talked about it every day. Man, should we prepare for something? Should we? I don't understand. I don't know. But we need to hear the word of the Lord. And I remember thinking, man, I don't feel like I'm supposed to do that. And here we are. The world didn't come to an end in November. Did it? <laughs> and Jesus is still on the throne. Man, he's still on the throne. Isn't that good news? And he's ruling and he's reigning. These songs aren't just cool songs. They don't just sound good and get as emotional. He does reign above it all. He is above everything. And everything and every problem and every disease and every, everything that the devil is trying to do. God knows every move the devil is trying to do. And the next ten move he has and God's still in control. God is not surprised by the enemy by anything. Isn't that good news? And I felt the Lord say that he wants to resurrect faith in his people. Man, faith in his power. How many of you know that God still is moving with miracles? This is not just a Pentecostal church thing. This is a Bible thing. He told us in Mark 16, you will cast out devils, heal the sick, and raise the dead. This is a biblical thing. God is still moving. We need to, he wants to resurrect and restore faith that he is still full of power. That he is still raising people up. That he's still walking into tombs like he stood outside of Lazarus's tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. He's still doing these things. And he's doing them through people like me and you. Not just through pastors and evangelists, but people, everyday believers like you. And I think one of the biggest obstacles people struggle with, man, can God, can God use me? Can he really use me? I know he can use you, Pastor Michael, but can he use me? Listen, if he can use me... He can use you. Can somebody say amen? If he can use the drug addict drug dealer, he can use you, sweetheart. And he can use you in a mighty way. If you did, But you have to start to believe and have faith that he can use you in these ways. You have to believe him. Without faith, it is 
impossible to please the Lord. It's impossible. If you ask in faith, without faith or doubt, he doesn't hear. Faith is extremely important for the church. We have to walk and move in what we say we believe. But can we be real this morning? I think a lot of us, we've been hurt um, by when God doesn't come through for us. For example, maybe let's just put it this way. Like, for example, if I get cancer today and I die of cancer, does it mean that God didn't come through for me? No, he never promised me that I would not die from cancer. He promised me that I would have a hope in eternity forever. And he actually promised me that I could keep my faith and keep my hope in the middle of cancer. That's what he promised me. That when you walk through the fires, Michael, I'll be with you. Did you notice that he, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he didn't take them and say, you know what, you're not going to have to go through the fire. No, they went in the furnace. And he was with them in the furnace, in the fire. That's the key. But I'll be honest, I felt the Lord say that there's so many people have just been hurt because they feel like they've been let down by God so many times with the prayer. So many people say, well, God just never answers my prayers. I've been there. I think sometimes he does that. I think he answers all the prayers. Sometimes the answer is just no. I feel like the Lord said, for those of you who have been hurt, because I see so many people that have diseases and they don't even ask for prayer. And I feel like it's because they've been hurt. They've been let down. They're like, well, I've seen my, my sister die of cancer. I've seen my dad die of this. And I just, I just lost faith. And God says he wants to resurrect your faith, that he is still full of power and healing and miracles today. He cannot partner with unbelief. He can only partner with faith. And listen, he says, keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Right? Isn't that good news? And we can be honest, man. I, I, I've been there with you where, God, I feel I've been praying and fasting and praying and fasting, and the thing I'm praying and fasting doesn't happen. And I'm stuck in a real moment with like, okay, is God still good? Is he still the healer? Because I can get on YouTube right now and I can look up testimonies and I can call people who've been healed from cancer. Raise your hand real high if God's healed you from cancer in this room. Real high. Real, real high. God, your, your cancer has leave. Would you raise it up real, real high? I see two over here. There's one in the back back here. There's another over here. See, God is moving. We can't understand why some things happen and why some other things don't happen. We can't understand it. Uh, Maddie gave me some really good advice one time. She said, don't try to uh, understand things that you can't understand. <laughs> it's pretty simple, but it makes sense, right? Well, why? 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 Hey, we can't understand it. Don't spend too much time thinking about it. And let's just celebrate with the ones who've been healed. Let's, not get, let's just not let that pain. So I just feel right now, if that's you, that can say, man, I, just, I feel like I've been let down so much. I don't really have faith to believe God's power. I just want to pray right now over you. Jesus, we just bless you. And I just pray for brand new faith, just healing in the hearts of your people. You bring emotional healing, God, that they would believe what you say, Lord, and they would continue to believe for miracles and signs and wonders and things to happen. Just like they believe in the resurrection, God, they would believe and they would say, do it again, Lord. Do it again. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can somebody say amen? We also need, he wants to resurrect faith in the word. How many of you know we have to know our Bibles? <laughs> you need to know your Bibles. Why? Because you need to know what God has said. In the charismatic Pentecostal church, we're all about, I'm trying to, I wonder what the Lord is saying. I'm trying to figure out what he's saying. We could start by looking at what he's already said. 
and it's concrete and it's immovable. He wants to resurrect faith in his word. Is there, I mean, I'm telling you, God will just give you scripture after scripture that will root you. It's your foundation for what you believe. When I was in the jail cell and I thought about all this garbage in my life, I had all this stuff for God to fix. I had warrants in two different states. I had all this nonsense, okay? I had this huge line of, of mess for God to clean up. And I remember I got to Matthew 6.33. My mom sent me that Bible verse. I have it actually in my office on a paper. I have her letter she sent me. And that Bible verse says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything will be added on to you. Wow. What if that's true? It is true. But in that moment, I had an opportunity to have faith in what that Bible verse said. Is this true? And I said, you know what? I'm going to believe this is true. And I'm going to seek Him first. I'm going to seek His kingdom. I'm going to seek His righteousness. And, I'm se- and guess what I've seen? I've seen everything else added on to me. And, and, and you know what's even crazier than that? The Bible says He will do exceedingly and abundantly above all you think and imagine. I always tell people when I go to the rehabs and stuff, I said, you need to start dreaming bigger dreams. Parents and grandparents in this room, you need to start dreaming bigger dreams for your kids and grandkids. Then just maybe one day they'll get saved and stop cussing. My goodness. Maybe one day they'll get born again and become your preacher. Are you ain't humble enough for that one, are we? Uh-oh. You got to you have to humble yourself like Jesus for that to come through, right? If that crazy grandson of yours becomes your pastor one day, you're going to have to take a big piece of humble pie. But this is what our God does. This is what he does. This is who he is. He takes the broken, the lowly, and he raises them up to the highest places. He takes the humble. He takes those who walk in humility. We have to believe what he said in the word. And the next thing is that we have to believe and resurrect faith in what he has spoken to us personally. What has God spoken to you personally about your family? What has God spoken to you personally about your life? Maybe it happened when you were were 19 years old. And God spoke to you. And you know God said, I've I've called you to do this, or I've told you to do this. Or God spoke to you about your marriage or your grandkid, and he said he's going to preach the gospel. Or one day he's going to say, God has spoke to me many times. I was reading in my journal this morning from December 13, 2013. And in Pastor John Morse is here. I put on there, I will stand with Pastor John Morse, and I will see this church be turned around. Isn't that awesome? And I remember it's because the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Michael, I'm going to move here in a mighty, mighty way. I keep saying this all the time because our words frame our future. And what you speak is important. The words that you say frame your... How did God create everything? He spoke it into existence. Let there be light. You need to watch what you say. Whatever struggles you're having, you need to watch what you say. And I believe the Lord wants to remind many people in this room today of things that he has told you that have been laying dormant and you need to speak them out loud. What has God said about you? What has God said that he's going to do with one of your kids? What has God said that he wants to do? And you need to speak those things out loud. And you need to remind him what he said. And that's something powerful the Lord has shown me this past week. We have to have faith in what he has said. Because how many of you know that sometimes you will see him say something and look nothing like it is happening? You heard him say, your son is going to be born again. Your son is going to be saved. And then he gets on meth and he's arrested again. You're like, well, God, maybe that's not what God said. I'm going to restore your family, the Lord said. And we say, oh, it doesn't look like it. 
What if we start to repeat what the Lord has said to us and we start to let faith arise in our hearts? And we start to remind Him what the Lord has said. And I encourage you to even write those things down. And if you've never heard the Lord speak to you, I believe the Lord will speak to you this morning if He already hasn't. You start to write it down. Lord, you said this. You said you're going to move this way. You said my son was going to be this. You said my daughter was going to be this. God, you said. I've heard what you said. And we don't need to be like Peter, right? In Matthew 16. How many of you know that Jesus predicted his death and his resurrection? How many of you know that he told them he was going to? He said that he was going to do this. It says in verse 21 of Matthew 16. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. How many of you know that Jesus already spoke to disciples, already gave them hope, already gave them the word, and what do they do? Well, man, this ain't the way it was supposed to work out. I guess we'll go back to fishing. What has the Lord said? The disciples, man, listen, they, God used them mightily, right? They were just like us. They heard the word. They heard it directly from Jesus. Didn't believe it. They were confused. So Peter, here he is. You know, literally. After that, that's the famous verse where Peter says, I'm not going to let anybody kill you, basically. And Jesus says, get behind me. Basically, get out of my way. And what happens is we have to believe what Jesus has said. We have to stand on what he said because if, we, if they would have stood on what he said, think about that. They had a word from Jesus himself to put their faith in and they lost it. God has given you many words over your life and your families to put your faith in and you need to speak them out loud and grab a hold of them again this morning. Can somebody say amen? That's a good word. That's the word for me. I've been doing this all week. God, you said this, God. You said it can be done. It can be done. Good Shepherd Church, it can be done. You said it, God. And if you partner with what he said, you don't have to wonder if it's going to come to fruition. Amen? Last but not least, or excuse me, this is number two. He's resurrecting dreams and destinies. Did you hear me? God ideas for businesses and ministries, things the Lord gave you, even when you were younger. God wants to resurrect those things in your heart today. Some of you might have thought, man, I'm going to start a food ministry and I'm going to feed 10,000 people. Some of you might have thought, I'm going to start this type of business and it's going to be successful or I'm going to be an entrepreneur. God is resurrecting dreams and destinies this morning in this house. Can somebody say amen? And how many of you know it's not just about that you have to be a pastor or you need to start a church. It could be that you need to start a landscaping business. My goodness. And you need to go out and mow the grass like you're mowing it at Solomon's Temple. Can somebody say amen? I love what, what C.S. Lewis says. He says, if you're a cobbler, which is someone who makes shoes, he said, you know, if you're a Christian business owner, basically, you don't have to put a Bible verse on every shoe. You just need to make really, really good shoes and have integrity. If you're a Christian business owner, you don't have to put a scripture. If you're a Christian business owner and you truly are representing Christ, you don't have to put a scripture on the side of the truck. You just do honest work. You have integrity. And you work with kingdom values. God is resurrecting dreams in this house. And things that God, some of you, a lot of you have so much wisdom and so much to give others. In the realm of business, in the realm of a lot of different finances, in the realm of the medical field, whatever it may be. Some of you guys are a wealth of knowledge. Especially a lot of our older ones. Some of you are very educated. And some of you have dreams. 
I love John Bevere. There's an elderly couple that, how many of you know John Bevere? He's a, I don't know what he is. He's an author, evangelist maybe. He had a couple that worked for him and every time, they were in their 60s and he would go to their desk at Messengers International and he would see all this stuff about Africa on their desk. And he would say, man, one day they would go on mission trips there and one day John went to them. He said, you know what? I really feel like you guys missed your calling and you were supposed to go to Africa. And then that guy said, you know what? You know, when we were in our early 20s, we really feel like God called us to Africa, but I went off and went to college. I, I had this job, and, you know, we just kind of went another way, and now I work for this ministry, and, you know, we visit Africa from time to time. And, and John looked at him, and he said, Listen, me and my wife will pay for everything for you guys to still to go if you still want to go and see that come to pass. It's amazing. A dream, a destiny on their life. Not saying that they were being, you know, in sin, by not listening, but they weren't fulfilling completely their destiny. He's seen this older couple in their 60s finally go to Africa, and I think they've started like 10,000 churches or something crazy in the Congo. It's insane. It's amazing. It's awesome. And God wants to resurrect those things that God's put in your heart. And the destinies on your life, the things that He's told you that He wants to see out of you. I was with my brother down there when we were seeing John. He was talking about destinies on your life and things the Lord has called you to do. How many of you know God hasn't called everybody to be a pastor? He's called some of you to be doctors, lawyers. How many of you know we need more spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled lawyers? Amen. And judges. Amen. If God's called some of y'all to go to law school, praise the Lord. If God's called some of y'all to be a politician, somebody shout. We could use some. Hmm. We could use school teachers. We could use principals. We could use doctors. We could use nurses. It's not about how can everybody go be an evangelist or be a missionary, no? But if the Lord has called you to those things, He wants to bring fresh life back to those things this morning. Fresh life, fresh faith for you. Can somebody say amen? I also felt like the Lord said that He wants to restore ministers this morning and people who might even be watching online. He reminded me of Peter. Do you remember Peter? They come to take Jesus. Peter pulls out his sword. Tries to cut the guy's ear off. They say he's probably trying to cut the guy's head off. I mean, even though he probably wasn't trying to cut his ear. And Peter, in his zeal, after that we see Peter, he goes and he lies and he says that he never knew Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Did he go find Peter and say, you, you're a screw up. You're nobody. Look what you've done. You know what? I'm going to make you sit in your guilt for a while and then I'll redeem you. Jesus went. He saw them on the waters. It says that Peter jumped out of the boat. And Jesus had a meal with them. He fed them. And then he restores Peter. And I felt the Lord say that he wants to restore ministers this morning in this house who have maybe done some stupid things that God is restoring those dreams and those destinies by repentance and just following Him and submitting to His plans again. And He would say to you, you know, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know everything. God knows all of your heart. He knows everything about you. You can't hide anything from Him. And He wants to bring fresh fire and faith on the things that He's called you to do. There's ministers in this room. 
fresh faith, fresh fire, fresh anointing. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. I'm doing good today. It's 11.57. You guys are good. You guys are, you guys are blessed. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Somebody say, I love this church. It's my favorite church I've ever been to. <laughs> Some of y'all were real quiet. They're like, I'm not a liar, Pastor. <laughs> you can laugh this morning. Whoever told you you can't laugh in church, they're wrong. Let's go ahead and accept that this morning. Boy, you better button your shirt up straight. Keep a frown on your face because God's mad at you. I don't see that in the Bible, actually. Isn't Jesus good? He's not mad at you. He's not mad at me. The Bible says in Romans that he draws me with his loving kindness. Right? Before I get to my last point, I just want to go ahead and let you know that uh, I didn't buy the rice and all the guns. I'm kind of glad I didn't. <laughs> all I'm saying is this. In 2020, we had the opportunity to see and hear what God was saying. Because how many of you know you can't open your Bible to Revelations chapter 4 and it's going to say, hey, this is what you need to do right now with your family. You need to close the business down. You need to buy a cabin. You need to build a bunker. Get in the woods. It's not going to say that. You need to quit your job. You need to move to Texas. <laughs> you need... Hey, I'm not saying that's not what the Lord's saying. But I am saying, what is God saying to you? Hey, listen, if God told you to stay home because of your health, praise the Lord. Awesome. Praise Jesus. If he didn't, whew, a year's been passed by, right? God's restoring faith in his people. And you can hear from the Lord yourself. Amen? You can hear from God, and you know you can. Some of you know you can. Always ask the Lord what he wants you to do. Amen? Last but not least, I heard the Lord say that he's resurrecting families in this church today. He's going to, and, and it starts with, um, I was reminded of, um, I went to this church about 13 years ago on Easter Sunday when I was lost as can be. Some, anyone remember that? Carter was a baby. He was like, golly, I don't even know. He wasn't even a year old. He's 13 now. And I went to this church on Easter Sunday, right? Because my mom, my amazing godly mom, begged me to go to church at least on Easter. <laughs> she asked me to go to church every week, really. Come on, Michael, come with me Sunday. Come on. You want to come? No, I don't. No, I actually don't. Don't want to come at all because I knew what I was doing wasn't right. I knew what I was doing wasn't right. But I was in this church 13 years ago. Pastor John speaking on an Easter Sunday. If we could just get Michael to church, we needed to just get Michael to the cross. Right? And I felt the Lord say something and this isn't towards my mom or anything, but I felt the Lord say that so many of us, we're so worried about getting our, our children to church. And really what God is wanting to do, He's wanting to change you. And He's wanting to, all the kids here will be like, yeah, that's right. Now don't be bitter. 
Don't let don't become the problem yourself. But I felt the Lord say, He wants to change the parents. He wants to change the grandparents. He wants you to start to walk in love like you never had before. He wants you to start to bear the fruit of the Spirit like you never have before. And that way you don't have to convince your kids to come to church once a year. They'll start to see change in their dad. This is who he is. He transforms people. Isn't that so much less pressure? Well, pastor, you better do a good job today. This is our last time they're going to be here, probably. How about you let God transform you first? Where we start to be so, so religious and we start to actually be like Jesus. I know it's quiet. I'm just saying what the Lord told me. If we would humble ourselves, we're celebrating the moment where Jesus completely humbled himself and died. And he rose, right? Before the resurrection was the crucifixion. Parents, grandparents, what you're really wanting out of your kids and grandkids is going to come from your personal life. And some of it's going to come this morning. Can somebody say amen? God's already been touching people in this house. I already talked to one guy. He's, uh, he was, he's here uh, from Chaplain Herzog in the jail. He just showed up today by himself after he got released. Hallelujah. You know what I told him? I said, you're at home, buddy. You are at home. I'm just like you. This is your house. You're welcome here. Amen? He might be your preacher one day. Who knows? You don't know. I felt the Lord say he's resurrecting families. He wants to bring new life and faith to the families from the, from the dads down. And listen, if you're a single mom, then it's with you then. Where we stop to say, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to get rid of all this junk and whatever in my life that's not of Christ, and I'm going to start to exemplify Jesus in every way. Because I promise you, your kids watch you. I am born again this day because of the way my mom lived her life. Not because of attending a service. And I'm not saying that that can't happen, okay? Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm just saying that when the church begins to walk like they should, talk like they should, live like they should, people naturally start to want to follow. And it's not forced. And it's not under this pressure. And there's no guilt and shame for our parents, amen? Man, I heard a guy say once, uh, if I don't feel like I've been beat up in service, it wasn't a good service. I said, oh, gosh. I, I hate who told you that. When I was in my worst sin after I got saved, I'd come to this church and God wouldn't beat up on me. He would overwhelm me with his love. And I would sit down here when I was doing some things I shouldn't have been doing after I got saved. And I would come down here at this altar and I would just cry before the Lord. And, he, and I would cry not because he was mad at me. I would cry because he still loved me. He still loved me. And he didn't run out on me. It's his goodness that draws us to repentance, church. Could the worship team come? It's his kindness that draws us to repentance. Come on, can we give it up for Blake right now? He's got a tie on and everything. Let's go, somebody. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to close just here in a minute. Can our prayer team go ahead and come as well?
Lord say he's wanting to move parents to deeper intimacy with God and he's also going to move children to be born again this morning that's what he wants to do so much pressure off of me it's so good if you don't think you're one of the people who need to be moved to deeper, deeper intimacy you are of the parents and grandparents how many of you know you should always want to go deeper with the Lord I, I bet if you found any if you would go talk to Billy Graham before he died and say Billy do you want to go deeper he'd say absolutely I want to be like Paul Paul towards the end of his life after I think 15 or 17 years is when he wrote the verse and said I want to know him I still want to know him he said, I'm just scratching the surface, basically. When you mature in the Lord, no matter how much you know and how much wisdom you have, you always say, more, Lord. More. Could you stand to your feet, church? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just close our eyes in this room? I just want you to think about whatever spoke to you this morning. He wants to resurrect faith in his people. That we start to look to him for our answers. And hear what he says. That we're immovable and unshakable when things come and they don't go our way. That we're the ones who stand up and say, no, our God is for us. That he's resurrecting dreams and destinies in this place and things that he's called many of you to do. You can still do those things. for those of you parents or grandparents who might today at Easter just might need to apologize to your kids or your grandkids and say you know what I wasn't the best example of Jesus but I love you and Jesus loves you and I just want you to know him we're going to have an opportunity here in a moment where you guys can come to the altar and pray and if you want to come as a family and pray at the altar we can pray with you you're welcome to and if you're here today and you can say look pastor I do not know Jesus Christ I've known him as a kid the Lord spoke to me and said there are many prodigals in this house today there are many people who know about Jesus who've been in church who've been raised in church who have heard the gospel message but they are not living for Christ the Lord is calling you home today he's not calling you to a Sunday service He's not calling you to give your money. He's calling you to give your heart completely to Him. Completely and fully. He's calling you to a new life of love and compassion and mercy. And I'm going to ask you to do something very bold this morning. If you need salvation, if you need to give your heart to Jesus, if you need to repent of your sin, and today can be a changing point in your life, I'm going to tell you, if you're worried about what people think in the church, you're definitely going to be worried about what they think outside of here. If you need to give your heart to Him, or if you need to rededicate your life to Jesus, I want you to come down here right now and leave your seat. And we want to pray for you. Would you come? Come on. Anybody else, would you come? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's see here. Trina, would you come and be part of our prayer team as well as there's some other people over here? Awesome. Prayer team, raise your hands. All right. I'm, some of my people are out of town today. Christian Jones, would you come pray with this man right here as well?
Thank you, Jesus. Mama, come down as well. Anybody else that says, I need to give my heart to Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about becoming religious where you stop cussing. I'm talking about turning your life completely upside down where you start to change everything you do and you get to realize how loved you are by God. If you need salvation this morning, if you need to turn your life over to Him, would you come and you can just stand right here. We want to pray with you. Would you come now? Thank you, Lord. Come on, church. Would you pray for a moment? Would you intercede for a moment for people in this room? Because God is tugging on people's hearts this morning. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. This is a day of celebration. This is a day of triumph. This is a day of victory. Anybody else in this room, would you come? Even if it's a rededication, I need to get my life back on track with God. Would you come? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And if you just need to come and spend some time at these altars and just pray and be with God and just process anything the Lord has spoke to you this morning, would you come out of your seat and would you come down here? Would you humble yourself this morning? Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. We're just going to stay in this place for just a little bit, guys. We'll be done in a few minutes. Let's just lift our hands to Jesus this morning. Let's just praise Him. And if you need prayer, if you need to give your heart to Him, would you come? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Hey, Mandy. I think this Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, he's calling prodigals back home. And some of you might even be 50 years old. And the Lord said he's calling you back this morning. And he's taking you to a place of something you've never experienced before. He's not taking you back to a religious place. He's taking you back to a relationship with the Son of God. A real tangible relationship with him. Hallelujah. Come on, Lord. Your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ our King. Come on, anyone else who needs prayer for anything, if you need to give your heart to the Lord, would you come? We'll wait just a couple minutes. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, do you need to go to the altar? And if they want, don't want to go alone, you go with them. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Lord.
on, sing that out. He's resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king. Come on, we prophesy that this morning. Thank you, Lord. Come on, can we just put our hands together for Jesus this morning? The resurrected King is resurrecting us. Amen. He's resurrecting His church. Thank you, Lord. If you don't have a church and you're new, we'd love to welcome you back next week. We have small groups as well. Fill out that card. We love you. Happy Easter. Also, there's going to be a little Easter egg hunt. Straight out here to the right, Pastor Daryl will give you uh, directions once you get out there. Uh, if you got kids with you, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of eggs. Like I don't even know. Way too many, probably like 2,500. But anyways, it's a whole lot of eggs. Amen. And uh, and also there's a little um, there's some animals out there. I think the kids love this type of stuff. So go enjoy yourselves. Bless. Enjoy your families the rest of this week. Let me pray over you, Father. We love you. We bless you. Make your face to shine upon your people, God. I pray today would be a day of peace and rest in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. We love you.